Talks, a chat with Finance Malta, is the podcast series that gives you short, thoughtful and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry. I'm Vanessa McDonald. Welcome. Today we're talking to Annabel Mifsud, the chair of the Malta Asset Servicing Association. Annabel, perhaps you can start by telling us what the association is and how it has helped, what its involvement is with the fund industry in Malta. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. Um, So the Malta Asset Servicing Association, maybe previously known as the Malta Fund Industry Association, is uh, is a group of um, service providers and individuals involved in the local um, fund scenario. So we have uh, as members fund administrators, uh, law firms, audit firms, depositories, um, so primarily anyone that would like to contribute to the industry. And our main aim is uh, to uh, work with authorities uh, to kind of continue working on the best on what the industry locally needs to continue growing. So we have regular discussions with the authority, both the FIU, MFSA and anyone relevant um, in the industry. We're also um, part of EFAMA, which is the uh, European Association of National Associations, which of course help us, um, uh, it helps us to um, voice any concerns, any points that you would like to discuss at any EU level as well. You've been involved with the fund industry for uh, 15 years, I believe. Yes. Um, and it would be very interesting to get your take on how Malta has got to where it is now. Where did everything all start um, with the fund industry? What was the first initiative that Malta took? I think one of the first, um, one of the first valuable initiatives that Malta um, came up with was the Professional Investor Fund. So the Professional Investor Fund was um, a structured, a local structure um, that Malta came up with, which provides uh, a regulated option but with more flexibility and it has always um, been a very uh, popular option so when it comes to uh, statistics for example half of the funds in Malta that are set up in Malta in absolute numbers right not AUM are PIFs are professional investor funds and um, this shows that uh, or rather it it confirms the fact that in Malta we see a lot of let's say below threshold below the hundred million um, managers that are launching most of the time their first their first structure um, linked to that maybe and hence why I refer to the hundred million uh, once the AFMD um, came up Malta still kept the PIF as an option of course now it can only be set up as long as you're below the hundred million threshold so tell me about the AIFMD. How did that affect Malta? Um, mm-hmm. Did it have to make many changes to what mm-hmm. it had anticipated? Actually, so the AFMD, the Alternative Fund Manager Directive, um, uh, Malta was one, I mean, was fast to transpose it uh, if you compare it to other jurisdictions. And um, it, of course, uh, it regulated the manager. So good to point out that unlike the USITs, which is more of a retail nature where the fund is regulated, the AFMD regulated managers. So it regulated managers managing more than 100 million in AUM. Um, of course, uh, regulations and even um, in the past years, because of certain, uh, let's say, episodes also in the industry internationally, there's a drive for more regulation, closer look at what's going on within the industry. And the FMD brought with it uh, more compliance, um, let's say, 
things to, uh, to take care of, which made launching a fund more difficult, more expensive. Um, so it affected Malta in that way, uh, because of course we come across the smaller ones. Having said that, Malta was very fast in launching the notified AIF. Okay. Um, uh, actually, at the same time, Luxembourg launched a similar um, structure, but Malta was there as well. And it made, it made time to market and launching easier for fund managers. Why? Because the notified aid does not go through the licensing process um, of an, a fund. It requires an IFM, so a manager, to be appointed to manage the fund, and it will be the IFM to carry out due diligence on day one, um, uh, confirming to the MFSA that it has gone through. You know, so you have the same level of exactly. compliance, but it's just faster because it's exactly it's indirectly supervised mm-hmm. ultimately because the FM the, the manager is licensed and supervised by the authority. But that gave a quicker option to to managers and uh, of course less supervisory costs if that's if that's the right way. But again, Malta here adapted quickly. Um, and came up with a more with an efficient uh, solution as well. Let's move on to another area now, which is uh, crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, nowadays you can't pick up a newspaper or a, you know open a, a news website without coming mm-hmm. across reports about crypto and so on. Now, Malta was one of the first, or the MFSA was one of the first entities to actually come up with a framework. Uh, for the regulation. So what what tack did the MFSA take? Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, as you said, back in 2017, we started as an industry seeing a lot of interest in this area. And um, being a small jurisdiction maybe made it easier for Malta to have a look at it immediately. Um, in 2018, Malta was the first to come up with specific rules uh, for such funds. Um, allowing the professional investor fund, so the local, um, even from a risk perspective, that was something that Malta kind of limited um, the type of fund that could invest in such assets, rightly so. So um, they came up with specific rules for such funds. And this was done also um, with uh, many discussions with the industry, because I remember back then discussing with the industry certain queries we were seeing um, to understand also where the market was going who was behind these funds, and that allowed the MFSA to come up with um, even requirements, who will be involved, who can be involved, as, and even um, a type of service providers they could and should appoint. Um, that was very innovative from, from a local perspective, because as I said, if you look at other countries, even today, um, there are many that are still kind of not even uh, providing an option for such funds. Um, so that was a very good, uh, let's say, a, a good way uh, where Malta adapted to what the market required. And that's something um, that we see uh, in various occasions uh, when it comes to the MFSA. So they actually have a, a unit now which, look, which is dedicated to mm-hmm. uh, what we now refer to as fintech. Mm-hmm. And this is part of it. This so is the part fintech of that, team yes. was set up in that, uh, during that time. And part of their remit was the fund side, because of course they're responsible for other areas. And uh, even when we, for example, I, I, can, I can mention a couple of examples. Um, so from a regulator perspective, and when it comes to crypto, uh, we, we went to them with a number of, let's say, 
innovative projects that clients of ours were, or what we saw in the industry, were asking about. And the MFSA was, uh, including the FinTech team, um, was ready to listen and provide a way um, to go about this, whether a fund directly or else um, uh, a sandbox, they have the sandbox um, option. Yes, the regulatory sandbox is exactly. an opportunity for people to try out their their ideas and work out whether they would fall within the regulatory risk appetite etc exactly so that's a very good opportunity and it, it confirms the the authorities and the jurisdictions you know adaptability to to what the market requires um linked to this i would also like to mention i mean for example there was um, a project uh, in relation to um, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Of course, it was something new. It's something new for, for, for the whole world, but the MFSA took time to understand. Um, they came back and rather than saying no, um, they took time to educate themselves and came back allowing the funds to proceed with, with the submission of the application, which again, as a, as a manager, you know, that's the type of regulator you require that will be open to what your needs are. And what about crypto AIFs? Uh-huh. So uh, th- this was, again, a result of uh, how the industry um, moved on from from the PIF in, in this scenario. So the first ones, again, back in 2018, most of the projects were quite small in this area. So they were mainly startups. Um, later on, uh, we had uh, the industry, Malta saw funds, even in this area, that grew and beyond 100 million. And that made it you know, necessary for the MFSA to look again at what it had imposed in terms of restrictions for the crypto uh, environment. By then, of course, as a jurisdiction, we knew much more about the, the sector. We had many more um, regulated service providers internationally as an option. And uh, the MFSA were open to understand the needs. And eventually they allowed um, such funds to also uh, invest in such assets. So we had the first one um, locally converted from a PIF to an AIF in, in 2022, which again made Malta I would say the first in the whole of the European Union to allow to have a regulated AIF. Again, one has to keep in mind that as, 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 an, as an area, so as crypto, it wasn't easy to, to find the traditional depository that would take on such, um, such, such asset class. But I think as a, as a jurisdiction, we overcame that limitation and, um, and the solution was fun. So we have the, the first regulated crypto AIF in Malta as well. So, looking forward, is there anything else that uh, is on the cards? Uh, something else that um, the MFSA has been discussing with the, with the industry for many years, and there was reference to it, of course, as, as innovative as a jurisdiction would like to be, there are always certain um, risks that every jurisdiction needs to keep in mind. So, of course, one cannot expect a regulator um, to just you know proceeds with um, what might be suggested by the industry. Um, something that we've seen internationally um, at times there are certain more and more um, strategies or scenarios where a fund um, does not actually need to be maybe regulated or maybe would require a less um, a lower level of regulation, um, which would still meet the the protection, cover the protection that any investor would require. Um, the MFSA uh, have now come up with what we call the notified PIF. So mirroring what they did um, in 
2015 when it came to the to the notified DAF, uh, the notified PIF essentially aims to make it easier for managers to launch a professional investor fund. Essentially, rather than going through the licensing process, there will be a regulated service provider, a uh, service provider um, known to the MFSA that will carry out the initial due diligence of the people involved. Again, um, this type of fund won't be self-managed, but it needs to appoint a manager um, to manage uh, the fund. So again, there's the element of indirect control and supervision. Um, it, it needs to appoint a local administrator, and we know that fund administrators in Malta, they need to be recognized by the MFSA. There are other jurisdictions internationally where the administrator does not have to be regulated. So these are all um, controls in place to make sure that while it solves certain issues, time to market, um, um, you know, an, an element of cost as well. Um, so while it recognizes that certain strategies, certain managers might require different type of, of um, structures, it still um, is, is doing it with the right controls in place that will continue uh, confirming uh, the, the reputable, you know, the jurisdiction um, with, a repute, with the good reputation that Malta has. Thank you very much, Annabelle. It, clearly, um, it's a challenging balancing act between cost, complexity controls, and as you say, at the, the bottom of everything is the, the consumer in terms of, of you know, confidence, etc. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you. That's all for today. Subscribe now to the FinTalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. Till the next podcast.